Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist Woolless Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Yes, this is live radio. It's not pre-recorded. No pre-recorded garbage today. It's the Anarchist Will this week. My name's Josh Scar. I'm hosting today's program. And <coughs> maybe a little bit of coughing during the program. I'm back. I like that bad smell. You don't know where it's coming from, you know, when you put your foot in dog shit and you carry around the, on your shoe for a day or two and you wonder where the smell is. Well... Like that dog shit, we're back on the Anarchist World this week. None of this pre-recorded garbage. The Anarchist World this week is basically here to provide up-to-date analysis of local, national, international events, news, political movements, social movements, cultural movements. That's what it's about. Now, we've got an interesting program today, but if you wonder what Anarchy is all about, Anarchist Society is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. That's what it's all about. Now, just to keep you up to date about a few little bits and pieces. Now, this Friday, if you're in the city of Melbourne, I know it's a public holiday, but who cares? Who cares? If you're an activist, you're an activist. Public holiday or not, public holiday. This Friday, if you're in the city of Melbourne, join us in Federation Square at the corner of uh, St Kilda Road. And uh, what is it? Just there, you know, where the corner of St Kilda Road and Flinders Street. Join us uh, at about 11.30, at about quarter... To 12, around 10 to 12, we'll be walking along the city streets. Yes, you guessed it. It's the first Friday of the month, the 2nd of October. We'll be outside the Herald and Weekly Times building from midday to 1pm to highlight that nothing has changed. The packaging on the neoliberal privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation message has not changed. We will be there to ensure that Murdoch's minions no longer continue to rule the roost. So midday this Friday, outside the Herald and Weekly Times building, 40 City Road, we usually meet at uh, Federation Square, the corner of uh, Flinders and St Kilda Road, 
at about 11.30 and march off at about uh, 10 to 12. And we do that for uh, protection of uh, the people involved because you know what it's like when you confront authority, especially private authority, especially the corporate sector. They tend to take it. They don't seem to be able to take it. They've got glass jaws. So join us. If you wonder what we do, we don't do much. Hang around, hand out a few leaflets, indulge in a few conversations, make a few stump speeches. But it's just amazing how much consternation it causes in the, <coughs> in the halls of power. Now, next Friday, and I'll speak more about that, is uh, Human Rights Day, which, that's right, Peter Norman Day. That's the 9th of October, and we will be meeting in the city square at midday. So put that down in your diary, Peter Norman Day, Human Rights Day, 9th of October, Friday, City Square, midday. So it's something that the Anarchist Institute has been organising now for the last four years. We recognise a great Australian who's basically been ignored, Peter Norman, who was involved in the 1968 Olympics and uh, was involved uh, in the uh, Black Power Salute era in 68. So Peter Norman Day, and I'll speak more about that, and I have spoken about that uh, in the pre-recorded programs. So if you're in the city of Melbourne... Now, the thing is, if you think it's only the people who live in Melbourne having a good time, well, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't matter whether you live in Fargaminda, Billawila, Wagga Wagga, um, Broome, uh, the Adelaide Hills. It doesn't matter. You can organise such events. It doesn't take much. It takes an idea a place, a time, a bit of publicity, an action, and bingo. You can have your Resist Murdoch's minion crew out there in the middle of nowhere. You can celebrate Peter Norman Day. You can celebrate Eureka Day on the 3rd of December. It's up to you. Or you can sit at home and dream of nothing in particular, surf the web, live the virtual life of a virtual slave. Let's move on. Now, slip sliding away. Isn't it wonderful how when you do something wrong, when you're involved in dissent, your actions are criminalised. To be involved in dissent in this country is basically to be a criminal. But when the corporate sector is clearly involved in illegal, immoral unethical behaviour, they seem to slip-slide away time and time again. Now, I've been out of the country for two weeks, and the fascinating thing about being out of the country for two weeks is Australia doesn't seem to exist to the rest of the world, but that's another matter. But I remember the big issue was 7-Eleven and how almost 20% of their stores, and this is an American franchise, were grossly underpaying uh, workers because the franchisees had to pay so much money to the, you know, the 7-Eleven network that uh, the only way they could make a buck was by exploiting their own workers. Now, there was a lot of consternation and breast-beating and people were carrying on. And guess what? Two weeks later, it looks like 7-Eleven's going to slip-slide away because, you see... The federal government, in its wisdom, has decided that any of these pesky students that have been working for 7-Eleven, these international students who may have 
breached, visa conditions will be deported. Bingo! So what do you expect people to do? You expect them to complain and be deported? Come on. How ridiculous. Looks like they're letting their corporate mates just slip slide away. It doesn't really happen, does it? Never happened. End of story. Now, last week I did make some pronouncements regarding a play that I'm uh, actually trying to produce and put on stage, but unfortunately the lead actor ended up in hospital when I was away. And uh, we've had to uh, postpone the event to uh, February. So the new dates, so cancel, you know, go get back to your address book, forget about all those dates you put down in November. The new dates will be from the 7th to the 20th of February. Venue to be finalised. So once we finalise the venue, we'll put you into, uh, into the loop about Q7461. Yes, if you know what Q7461 is, well, keep listening. So it'll be in February next year. And again, it will be in the city of Melbourne, but who knows? Maybe travelling around Australia if, uh, if it, uh, has a, Critical acclaim. <laughs> you know, it never changes, does it? New Prime Minister. New Prime Minister. And I'm thinking, things will change. Now, the last thing I heard when I left, was leaving this country was Abbott was, was, was going to be depo- was deposed. And the first thing I hear when I get back in the country 24 hours ago was Abbott talking about being deposed. Now, those of you who think that Mr. Abbott is gone, think again. That leadership a little uh, battle between uh, Turnbull and Abbott, you know, was pretty finely balanced. Six votes either way. Six people changed their votes. Abbott's Prime Minister again. And it'll be interesting to see how Mr. Turnbull... Um, reacts, and it was quite interesting to hear Mr Abbott say that there'd been a change in the Liberal leadership, but there'd been no change in any policies. Did you hear that, boys and girls? You got your little Christmas present. You've pulled off the brown wrapping, the ugly Abbott wrapping, and you've got this glitter, beautiful Beautiful wrapping, the Turnbull bull wrapping. And you pull that off, and guess what? You've got the same neoliberal present. Corporatisation, globalisation, deregulation, privatisation. It's all there. Same present. Different packaging. Well... Let's see how the Australian people react. Because if Mr Turnbull miraculously, his fortunes improve in the polls, well, he'll go to the next election. But if they don't, Mr Abbott will be waiting in the wings to do a rud. Now, I understand that Mr Abbott, and I wasn't here to hear this, said that he wouldn't be sniping from the sidelines, but that little interview I heard with his little mates in the Sydney radio networks, you know, the privately owned radio networks, 
kind of pointed out to me that this is, is not over yet. It is not over yet. Unless Turnbull changes the contents of the package, the chances of Abbott becoming Prime Minister again before the next federal election are real. So it's not about changing the wrapping paper, it's about changing the policy. So let's see what policies one of the richest men in this country will help to steer through the cabinet processes. Now, again, I was fascinated coming back to hear that the 100-cut strategy to destroy Medicare is on track. Death by a thousand cuts, I should say, not a hundred. Because, see, you see, Medicare is one, was one of the most important social, political innovations that was ever introduced in this country, which was introduced in 1972, 73, 74 by the Whitlam-led Labor government. And it was introduced despite widespread opposition from the Australian Medical Association and most medical uh, privately owned private uh, organisations who fought bitterly tooth and nail to destroy Medicare. And the dearly departed Mr Malcolm Fraser did his best when he was elected as Prime Minister in 1975 to actually scuttle Medicare. It was called Medibank in those days. But it continued to exist and flourish. But Mr. Rabbit, was that Mr. Abbott or Mr. Rabbit? I get confused sometimes. I'm looking at the gentleman. Mr. Rabbit, Masquerade Mr. Rabbit, has always had a visceral hatred for Medicare. It's interesting to see that that same visceral hatred continues. Now, most people are not aware that um, many doctors are now refusing to bulk bill. And they're refusing to bulk bill for one very good reason. That unless, unless you see lots of patients in a short period of time, the ability to actually make a profit in a privately run medical enterprise, which bulk bills has been removed. And also there has been a four year embargo placed on any increases in the Medicare rates. So every year you will see fewer and fewer doctors' bulk bills. You'll get to a critical mass when the majority won't be bulk billing anymore. And if they don't bulk bill, what it means is because the normal fee for a GP consultation, a private GP consultation, is in about 83 84 $85, $86, and the Medicare, Medicare rebates in, in, in about $32, $33. So if you go to the doctor, a private doctor who doesn't bulk bill, it costs at least $100 when you add in the cost of medicine and the list goes on and on. But not content to destroy Medicare by actually um, not increasing rebates for the next four years and making it more and more difficult for doctors to bulk bill, they are now having a review in the type of items that the uh, Medicare will cover. So expect in the next 12 months to see a radical change to the Medicare 
items lists. The items are the numbers which the doctor places to receive payment from Medicare for specific services, and there are some services that are covered by Medicare and some aren't. And you'll find that more and more services will not be covered by Medicare. So it continues. The death by a thousand cuts continues. And the question is, with an increasingly ageing population and a mini-baby boom, I mean, these are the two groups that usually need medical care or access to medical care, you will find that it's going to become more and more difficult for those who actually need care to access that care in the land of milk and honey, the Commonwealth of Australia. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia, the Community Radio Network. My name is Joshua Scott. I'm hosting today's program. So I hopefully you're all excited by that change in the wrapping paper. You know, I was, I was excited. I was even more excited, more excited to hear our dear treasurer, our new treasurer, Mr. Scott Morrison, who been overseas and nobody cares about Australia. I wasn't going to waste my time, you know, interneting away to find out, you know, what's happening in the land of Oz. That our new treasurer said that the economy is doing incredibly well as a reaction to that little downturn in the market yesterday, which caused a $56 billion loss, you know, overnight in the Australian stock market. Now, I was quite excited by this loss. Well, because I was thinking, you know, when we were talking about revenue, now I know that the Turnbull-led Liberal National Party is all about cutting spending, not increasing revenue. But uh, we've been talking about ways of increasing revenue for a long, long time, and there's simple ways. One would be a 1% tax on stock market transactions of over $10,000. And I was thinking if there was a 500, if there was a $56 billion loss on the Australian stock market, if you had a 1% tax on transactions, that would be a $560 million into the coffers of the federal government to ensure that Medicare continues to survive. That's just in one day. Because you've got to be creative. Not in terms of pushing this neoliberal garbage agenda, but in terms of revenue raising. So you, you tend to raise revenue, you know, from where it is. Now, because we live in a wonderful society, it, it is it is one of the most fantastic places to live in if you're an aspirational voter, if you want to make money. And you've got money. You need money to make money, obviously. But it's a wonderful place. Where else in the world, and I've done a fair bit of travelling in my time, where else in the world can you get a tax deduction for owning two homes? Only in the land of Oz through negative gearing. It's just so wonderful. No wonder over 50% of you know sales that occur in the residential property market are going to investors you know, both local and overseas investors, because you can get a tax deduction. The more homes you get, which you put on the rental market, the bigger the tax deduction. It is wonderful. It is just so wonderful to live in the land of milk and honey, the land of Oz. So I can understand Scott Morrison telling us not to panic, because 
It's his mates that are going to suffer. The other ones who are going to suffer. And all those of you who are glued to the stock market, you know, because your super fund invests your dough in the stock market, well, maybe you deserve what, you know, what you get. How ridiculous to actually have your future, your retirement future determined by the vagaries of an economic system which is based on the creation of ever-increasing profits irrespective of the human, social and environmental costs. How ridiculous. Some bloke does an analysis of some company and its share price falls 30% in 24 hours. Extraordinary, isn't it? Extraordinary the way we find ourselves in. No wonder our new Federal Treasurer, the Right Honourable Mr Scott Morrison, tells us not to panic. Well... I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I'll tell you why. Because it's not sustainable. It is not sustainable. I'll give you an example about how this financial crap works, you know, because I find it fascinating. Now, currently, the US of A, the United States of America, the leaders, not of the free world, the leader of the money printing brigade, well, quantitative easing, they call it, I think, quantitative easing, where you press a button and you put another $50 billion into the economy, is the economy is improving. Could you imagine that? You put money into the economy and the economy is improving. Or all those people who talk about austerity, and that includes their own government, are finding themselves in a difficult situation. But it gets, gets better. It really does. Now, our interest rates were high in Australia in relation to the US where the interest rates were zero. What would happen is that people would put their money in Australia. But now that Australian interest rates looks like they're going to continue to decrease to stimulate what is a moribund economy, what happens to this money is it runs away the United States or somewhere else and get a higher interest rate. So that means there's less money for investments in this country. So if I was Scott Morrison, I'd be worried. And I am quite confident that Mr Scott Morrison is very worried. Because for far too long, we have allowed multinational corporations to dominate our economic system. Not only dominate our economic system, more importantly, dominate Parliament. They are little more, parliamentarians have become little more than corporate puppets, especially party-aligned parliamentarians. Because it goes something like this. If you say something nasty about the corporate world, you say something nasty about Rupert, if you say something nasty about the big companies, the big banks and you're a politician that belongs to a political party, they will use their mates in the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC to heap shit on you. Bucket loads of shit until you can't even see your eyes. You'll be buried in shit, you know, and you'll never get the opportunity to respond to that shit. Oh, no, we live in a free society. Obviously, you don't give people the opportunity to respond to the shit. So... <clears throat> So what you do is you introduce legislation 
that actually promotes the interests of the big end of town. That's the way it goes. That's how parliamentary power has been usurped. It doesn't mean it's got to be like that all the time because theoretically parliament represents the will of the people and the parliamentary representatives supposedly represent their will. Now, you know my opinions about parliamentary representation, that I've always been a great believer in direct democracy, a different form of democracy where the people involved in decision make that decision and then appoint or elect delegates to coordinate those decisions at a local, national, local regional and national level. It's a different type of democracy. I mean, there's different types of uh, Marxism, communism, anarchism, democracy. The list goes on and on. Pick your own. Choose your own. Create your own. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Scannaby. I'm hosting today's program. Now, to bring you up to speed with a few things. Now, public interest before corporate interest continues to power on. It's now got over 200 members. Next week I'll be able to tell you the exact number because there's a number of uh, membership forms that need to be uh, processed, but it's around 200 currently. Uh, obviously, we still need another three or 400 members. So, look, you're bored with the major political parties? Can't mobilise hundreds of thousands of people? Tens of thousands of people? 50 people? Two people? Well, join public interest before corporate interests and get together with like-minded people who think, who believe, who want to put the public interest before the interests of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders. So if you are interested in public interest before corporate interests, now's the time to join because we are attempting to register this group as a political party, a federal political party, before the end of the year. And to do that, we need at least 500 members on the electoral roll. Now, you don't have to be on the electoral roll to join public interest before corporate interest, because it's not just a political party that wants parliamentary representation. Public interest before corporate interest is also a direct, it's also a direct action group that is keen to organise protests, community boycotts, petitions, occupations, strikes, you name it, to ensure that on every important social, political, cultural question, public interest is put before corporate interest because you know and I know that in this country today, in 2015, it's the other way around. The other way around. And we'll talk about it in a minute. We all know that it's the other way around. And it's about time we put public interest before corporate interest. So if you're not interested in the actual uh, political struggle for parliamentary representation, maybe you're interested in the uh, direct action struggle. And already public interest before corporate interest, so the different uh, groups are involved in actions around this country. For example, at 11am, I think it's 11am, could be 11.30am, the Frankston Group, every Thursday, for the next few Thursdays, uh, meets at 11am outside the office of uh, Mr Bruce Bilson, one of Abbott's primary supporters uh, outside his office, a member for Frankston. And guess what? Being to have an impact. The fact that they're there talking to people about putting public interest before corporate interest makes all the difference. It's causing a little bit of consternation 
in Mr. Bilson's office, I understand, because he's under a lot of pressure from a lot of areas because Frankston is one of those bell water seats, as they say. So obviously we're not... So if you're interested in public interest before corporate interest, now is the time to join. How do you do it? It's very simple. We just don't want people to sign a piece of paper and say, there, we're looking for people who are interested, who want change, who may be able to make some input. Go to the website, download the application form, pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Go to the, uh, if you want to email us at info at pibci dot net, info at pibci dot net. You want an application form, not computer literate? Don't despair, we leave no one behind. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. That's right. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, or you can leave messages, pleasant hopefully, on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Remember, you can do one of three things. You can complain. You can join those two great Australian tribes. The Gunner tribe, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Or the equally famous Australian tribe, somebody should do something about that tribe. Yep, you can sit on the sidelines and wait. You can actually surf the web, throw rocks at your television set, despair. Or you can become involved. Not interested in public interest before corporate interest? Fine. Not your cup of tea? Fine. But get involved in something, anything, anything that questions the status quo, that puts up alternatives, things like direct democracy, things like putting public interest before corporate interests. I mean, the ball's in your court. Take out that ball and run. Now, a few a few announcements, a few little announcements. Don't forget, as I said before, Peter Norman Day on the 9th of October, International Human Rights Day, Peter Norman Day, 9th of October. Talk more about it next week. But if you are in Melbourne, midday at uh, City Square, which is the corner of Collins and Swanson Street. Don't get confused with Federation Square. Now, on the 8th of November, once again, we'll be going to Murchison to pay our respects to Francesco Fantine, an anarchist who was murdered at Camp Love Day in South Australia in 1942, whose bones are interred at uh, Murchison Cemetery. 10am, Sunday the 8th of November at the Murchison Cemetery, Willoughby Street, Murchison, Victoria. I'll speak more about that. Uh, in the next few weeks but put that in your calendar and don't forget don't forget the reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations hosted by the Anarchist Media Institute which will be held on Thursday the 3rd of December from 4am to 10pm and I'll go through the program 4am dawn ceremony Eureka Park next to the old Eureka Memorial corner of Eureka and Stall Street in Ballarat. So you don't have to phone anybody. You don't have to write to anybody. You just turn up and take part in what is an inclusive, democratic dawn ceremony, 4am, 
Eureka Park next to the old Eureka Memorial. When you get to Eureka Park, there'll be a huge complex on one side, an old house at the corner of Eureka and Stall Street, opposite a few hotels and buildings, and that's where we are, where the old cannons are at Eureka Park Dawn Ceremony, which usually lasts about two hours. Now, there is a live broadcast from Community Radio 3CR, 855 on the AM dial in, in Victoria, from 4am to 6am. 6 a.m. It's also broadcast. It's also broadcast. Uh, live. You can also get the broadcast by going to 3cr.org.au. So anywhere in the world, if you've got access to a computer, if you go to 3cr.org.au, 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Daylight Saving Time, 4 a.m., go to 3cr.org.au and get the live stream. 6 a.m., Breakfast at Eureka Hall. We don't cater. This is an inclusive community or event. Bring your own food and drinks. Bring a bit of extra food and drinks for other people. Breakfast at Eureka Hall. You have to walk 27 metres from the Eureka Park to Eureka Hall, which is actually on the park. 9am, we march from Eureka Park to Bakery Hill to reaffirm the Eureka Oath. And from 9.30am to 10.30am, this is the presentation of the Eureka Australia Day medals at Bakery Hill. At the very spot, the Eureka Oath was sworn on the 29th of November, 1854. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. And between 9.30 and 10.30 a.m. we're presenting six Eureka Australia Day medals. Now, you may find this surprising, but the list has not been finalised and we do need your input. So is there somebody out there you know who's been ignored, ostracised, marginalised because of their uh, radical activities, whose life, life, the way they've conducted their life, um, reflects the sentiments in the Eureka Oath, we swear by the Southern Cross, stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties, let us know. Nominate them. Nominations close usually by about the 10th or 11th of November. So you've still got about six or seven weeks to send in a nomination. Now, we don't take telephone nominations. We take email nominations. We take postal nominations. What we need is the person's name, a contact address for them, so we can actually send them the give them the choice of whether they want to accept the Eureka Australia Medal or not, and a paragraph or two about why you think, why you think they should be a Eureka Australia Day participant, recipient, I should say. So that's at the, uh, that'll be at 10, so you can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052, or you can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com. From then we walk across to the Eureka, to the Ballarat Town Hall. Now you may find this impossible to believe, but not once in the 161 year history of the Eureka Stockade Rebellion has the Ballarat Town Hall flown the Eureka flag on the main flagpole in Ballarat. And this year at 11am, they won't be doing it again. Because this is a, a city 
that's got a really warped view of Eureka. On the one hand, they're quite happy to use the Eureka name to make a buck and put the town on the map. But they don't actually want to acknowledge the radical content of the Eureka Rebellion. And the important elements of the Eureka Rebellion are elements we support today. Direct democracy, the people involved in decision, making that decision. Direct action, taking action to ensure that those decisions become a reality. Solidarity, standing by each other, internationalism. That's what it's about. That's what the Eureka Rebellion is about. That's where it's central elements. So there'll be a Eureka stump orations outside the Ballarat Town Hall. So that's up to you. All right? The Eureka stump orations outside the Ballarat Town Hall. 11.30am we walk to the old Ballarat Cemetery to pay our respects to all those who died in the Eureka Battle who are buried at the old Ballarat Cemetery. And we ask people to bring flowers. Because we're usually quite surprised. You've got the soldiers' graves, flowers, British flag flying. You go to the Eureka grave, nothing. No flowers, no Eureka flag. We usually put up a Eureka flag, bring flowers, at least somebody remembers. 12.30, light lunch, bring your own food and drinks outside the old Ballarat Cemetery, and then we walk from the old Ballarat Cemetery to the Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka, made which has the Eureka flag in its possession. Now, normally, normally you've got to pay to see the Eureka flag. But on the 3rd of December, after a little bit of a rumble with the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion Celebrations crew, the Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka has free entry. And you can actually go through the museum view the Eureka flag. At 2pm we view the Eureka flag, have a bit of discussion about that. Afternoon tea at Eureka Park at 3pm. Pretty, pretty, people are pretty exhausted by then. 7pm to 10pm the Eureka, Eureka Annual Dinner, which will be held at the Eureka Stockade Hotel at 152 Eureka Street in Ballarat at the Cabone Restaurant. That's right. And the guest speaker this, this uh, year will be Brett Eddington, who's the Secretary of the Union's Ballarat and Western Region of Victoria. And the topic he'll be looking at is the role the 1854 Eureka Rebellion continues to play in the 21st century Australian trade union movement. You thought the Eureka Rebellion happened 161 years ago? Well, you're wrong. It's happening now. It happens every day. And the guest speaker, as I said, Brett Eddington is the Secretary of Unions Ballarat and in the Western Region, the Victorian Western Region. We're looking at the topic, the role that the 1854 Eureka Rebellion continues to play in the 21st century Australian trade union movement. And the entertainment once again will be provided by the West Papuan Black Orchids String Band. Now it's quite interesting, isn't it? The last few years we've had an increasing number of West Papua activists coming to the Eureka Rebellion celebrations because they understand. They understand the essence of that rebellion. And they understand that that struggle and their struggle for independence and freedom are interlinked. They know that. They have their National Day on the 1st of December. 
we have our National Day, Eureka Day, on the 3rd of December. And if you're there for the dawn ceremony, as the dawn breaks at around 5am, you will see both the Morning Star and the Southern Cross together in the sky. Brothers and sisters in that struggle for uh, equality. So, as I said before, the only time you need to make a booking is if if you want a chair. That's right, if you want to sit down at the Eureka Annual Dinner. Seating's limited to about 100 seats. There's no admission charge. You just pay for what you eat and drink. There's a special menu usually on the night, which we uh, negotiate with the Eureka Stockade Hotel people. And uh, both vegetarian and non-vegetarian. So if you want a seat, now's the time to start booking. 0439 395 489. You can email bookings to anarchistage at yahoo.com or you can make bookings by writing to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. We like to have, you know, it doesn't mean you can't come on the night if you haven't booked, but don't expect a table and a seat because those people who are booked will have preference as far as tables and seats are concerned. If you haven't booked, you take your chances. This is a great night. As I said before, the Black Orchid String Band provides the entertainment. And uh, as I said before, we've got a great guest speaker, Brett Eddington, who's the Secretary of Unions, Ballarat and Western Regional Victoria, who will be talking about the role the Eureka Rebellion continues to play in the 21st century trade union movement. Now, if you want copies of the posters for the Eureka Rebellion dinner, or, or the actual Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion um, program. You can either download them from the website, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org, or you can actually um, write to us. If you haven't got a computer, and we'll post you out these posters. Put them up on their local notice board. Put them up on your local library. Now's the time to get organised, and um, now's the time to think about the 3rd of December. Now, you may decide the most important day in your life is the public holiday which occurs on the Queen's birthday. Or you may decide you may want to celebrate this new public holiday in Victoria, you know, on grand final eve on, um, I think it's Friday the 2nd of October, this week actually, public holiday. Or you may decide but the day that you want to celebrate is the 3rd of December. So now's the time if you're at work or at school to negotiate with your employer to have the day off. Tell them you'll come in and work on the Queen's birthday. Happy to work on the Queen's birthday. But you're not working on Eureka Day. And uh, you expect to be paid for the day. So join us. You know somebody who you think should have a Eureka Australia Day medal? Let us know. The trouble is when you go away and you're my age, somebody dies. It's a fact of life, isn't it? The older we get, the more people we know die. And I was quite shocked when I returned yesterday to hear have a message that Valerie Park had died peacefully in her sleep last week. And Valerie had a funeral service, I understand, on Monday. Now, a lot of people may not know Valerie, but Valerie Park was a very important person because she was real, real, a real human being who took an interest in the things around her, but more importantly did something about it. She'd cycle in for years to join the activities of the Wednesday Action Group. 
you'd see her constantly at the Tanaminuea Morbohine commemorations and you see her around the town at various uh, protests on her bicycle, you know, cycling in from Footscray into the Melbourne CBD, you know, to play her part in that struggle to improve the lives of ordinary people in this country. And uh, it was quite a shock to hear that Valerie had died peacefully in her sleep. Obviously, it was a shock for her family, shock for everybody else. And, um, look, it's a great regret that I mention Valerie's passing, Valerie's death. Uh, she was a great Australian, a great human being. She'll be sorely missed, not only by her family. She had a great sense of humour, great sense of humour, and was fearless in terms of... Uh, confronting the situation so she didn't have an easy life she had a very hard life and she continued to have a hard life till the day she died but unlike most other people she didn't just sit in a corner and cry why me she did something she became active she did her part she'll be sorely missed especially by the uh, Wednesday Action Group especially by uh, her small family and uh, we send our condolences to all those who knew her. So if, uh, if you're as shocked as I am about Valerie's death, because it was unexpected, and it's unexpected death, which sometimes kind of leaves us a little bit reeling, um, I'd just like to uh, share uh, my gratitude for uh, meeting Valerie, for being able to have a conversation with her. I'd like to... You know, uh, extend my condolences to her friends and family. Rest in peace, Valerie Park. You did what most people don't do in this country. You cared. Not only did you care, you took action. Not only did you take action, you took it consistently. And uh, for that, we love and respect you. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to the Anarchist World This Week. Broadcast on the Community Radio Network. My name is Oscar. I'm hosting today's program. If you'd like more information about the Anarchist Media Institute and all the activities we we do, go to the website anarchistmedia.org. Anarchistmedia.org. If uh, you want to uh, write to us, write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, and we'll send you out information. You can always ring us on 0439 395 489. You can go to the. You can email us at info at anarchistage at yahoo.com info at anarchistage at yahoo sorry my apologies where am I going you can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com very simple anarchistage at yahoo.com and uh, if you want to find out more go to you can go to our website anarchistmedia.org anarchistmedia.org or email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com you can leave messages on 0439 395 489. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Just once again, just to remind you about public interest before corporate interest, without your participation, we will be nothing. It is participation. It's about solidarity and mutual aid. That's the key to getting anything done in this country. I mean, I know it sounds corny, but, you know, divided with... We fall united, we stand. So the thing about public interest before corporate interest, it is an umbrella organisation. I'll speak much more extensively about it next week. I'll have a full membership uh, numbers 
find out what the different branches are doing, find out if new branches have been established and if there are activities in the pipeline. But now is the time to join public interests before corporate interests. Let's move on. Now, it's fascinating how the media, the corporate-owned media, sets, tends to set the political, social and cultural agenda on a daily basis. That's what fascinates me, is how they decide what's newsworthy, what's important. And everybody else seems to take their direction. Forget about the World Wide Web and the Internet. I mean, there's a lot of information there if you want it. But does it actually have an impact? Does it have a real impact or is its impact virtual? Because I've seen a lot of things kind of blossom and wither, blossom and wither, blossom and wither. There seems to be no staying power. It seems to be that there's always something else, another YouTube video, another Twitter stream, you know, another blog, another porno site, always something else. And what we need is a little bit of stability, a little bit of, you know, being there for the long haul, because it's important that we look at that. Now, I'm quite fascinated how the Fairfax Media and uh, News Corporation have now become brothers in arms, brothers in arms, brothers and sisters in arms, as far as Malcolm Turnbull, our beloved Prime Minister, is concerned. It looks like, it looks like we're going to see the Fairfax Media and the News Corporation love in, where they will do everything in their power to ensure that uh, Mr Turnbull and his neoliberal agenda, and let's not forget that Mr Turnbull may have a few socially progressive ideas at his head which he won't be able to enact because of the deeply reactionary and conservative nature of most of the Liberal Party. He knows that if he steps out of line you know, regarding uh, marriage equality or many other social issues that uh, Hill's head will go, as I said at the beginning of the program, was only all you need is six members of the Federal Parliament, Federal Liberal Party, to change their votes and Abbott will be there. And everybody will be watching, 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 watching the polls to see what actually happens. Now, just to finally finish off, now those of you who live anywhere in Australia would have most likely heard about the horrific murder of Luke Batty about 18 months ago. And finally, finally, the uh, coroner's court has brought down its findings in Victoria regarding his uh, murder. And it quite clearly states that the police, the courts and the state failed Luke and his mother. And this is not an uncommon occurrence in our society. We have all these institutions we are, that are there theoretically to protect our interests. And when we expect these institutions to protect our interests, they never seem to do it. It always seems to be that those with money and power's interests are protected. But everybody else's interests are really only played lip service to. And I think the coroner's findings 
may have been different if it wasn't such a high-profile case. And I think this is the important thing we need to remember, that every case is a Luke Batty case, and it needs to be looked at closely. Remember the sexual abuse Royal Commission we're currently having? It took decades, decades of people complaining before we got to that level. And if Abbott had been Prime Minister, I can, if it wasn't Julia Gillard wasn't Prime Minister, I can assure you there wouldn't have been a Royal Commission into sexual, institutionalised sexual abuse in this country of children. It wouldn't have been. It's not unusual for the police, the courts, and all those quasi-government organisations that are out there to protect our interests. Don't protect our interests. It only seems to be that if you've got enough money and wealth and power to, you know, to get justice in this country. You buy justice. B-U-I. We've got the best justice system money can buy. On a more positive note, we can change all this. I encourage you strongly to become involved. I encourage you to get involved in the activities that would you organise to uh, get things going in this country. I encourage you to join public interest before corporate interest. I encourage you to become active. I encourage you to start thinking about what's happening. More importantly, do something about it to change the situation because all change comes from people saying enough is enough, change is instrumental and we are at an important juncture in the history of this country in terms of change. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. This program has been broadcast via the Community Radio Network. You can It is streaming on 3cr.org.au. You can access the program via podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. It'll be up for the next four to six weeks. 3cr.org.au. You can write to us. Yes, we still answer letters at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Go to the website, anarchistmedia.org. You can leave pleasant messages. They are recorded, so they better not be unpleasant. 0439 395 489. You know, you can go to the Pipsy website, download the application form. Be interested in joining? Join. Pipsy.net. Don't forget the .net. P-I-B-C-I dot net. They also have a Facebook page. Put public interest before corporate interest. And hey, bingo, you can be part of the Facebook and be involved in all this interesting discussions about everything and nothing at all. You can, you can write to them at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. It's a pleasure to be back. I hate doing pre-records because every time you do a pre-record, something happens that you should be talking about and you miss it. But that's life. We're only human and occasionally we need a little bit of time off. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on the local community radio station via the Community Radio Network. Listen in to your local community radio station next week for the Anarchist World This Week. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. 
Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.